something. Y'all come to the front. Join Brother Darrell up at the front. I know this wasn't on the agenda, but anyhow, hey, I'm the preacher here. I can do anything. School-aged children, yes. As you're coming, yes. School-aged children, yes. Sometimes I do this at Easter time so y'all can show off your Easter clothes, but I won't be here next Sunday, so we're glad y'all are here this morning. Hey, I kind of wanted to talk to y'all for just a minute about Easter and this week. And I don't know if you figured this out yet at your age. It probably took me a while to figure this out. That this week we remember the last week of Jesus' life that led up to his crucifixion and his resurrection. So today, in many churches, they call it Palm Sunday. So there's palm branches like these, like I guess something like this. And so the Sunday before Easter, we call it Palm Sunday. And it was the Sunday that Jesus came to Jerusalem and the people were very excited and they took palm branches and they waved and they said, Hosanna, Lord, save us now. And they, they praised Jesus and he rode into town on a little, little donkey. And uh, a lot of people were offended that people said those things to Jesus. And in fact, it kind of started a, a string of things that uh, the religious leaders decided that they were going to have Jesus put to death. But this Sunday is Palm Sunday, the Sunday that Jesus and his disciples came to Jerusalem, and they spent all week there. On Thursday night of that week, so that'll be this Thursday, they got together and they celebrated the Passover meal. I don't have time to explain all that to you, but it's kind of what we're doing this morning. It's, it's a take of that. And they gathered together as the Jewish people had gathered for centuries to remember what God had done in delivering them out of Egypt and Jesus. And so this morning we're going to be taking what we call the Lord's Supper because that night on that Thursday night, Jesus took the elements of the Passover meal and he said, now I want you to know that this symbolizes what I'm about to do for you and that I'm going to die on the cross. So he took the bread and he broke it. And he said, this is my body which is broken for you. And then he took the cup and he passed it around and he said, drink of it. This is my blood that is shed for you. And he said, I want you to do this from now on so that you never forget what I'm about to do. Because that Thursday night after they got through with that meal, it says they sang a hymn and they went out and they went to a garden by the name of Gethsemane outside of Jerusalem. And Jesus prayed there because Jesus knew what was coming. Early in the morning hours of Friday morning, the guards and a mob came with Judas and Judas betrayed Jesus he led the soldiers to Jesus and they arrested Jesus and they took Jesus in on the early Friday morning before daylight and they he appeared before the religious leaders and they brought false accusers and tried to say he did this and he did that and they were trying to justify why they were gonna put him to death finally they took him to the Romans uh, once daylight came because they didn't have the right to put somebody to death, but the Romans did. And eventually, Pilate, the governor, interrogates Jesus, but he can't see that he's done anything wrong. Why he ought to be put to death? And he said, listen, I'm going to let this man go because I don't see any reason I ought to put this man to death. And they began to, you know what they began to chant? Crucify him. Crucify him. 
Crucify him. Crucify him. The religious leaders incited the crowd to begin to call for Jesus to be put to death. And it was God's plan. And finally, Pilate gets a bowl of water and he washes his hands and he says, I will have nothing to do. His blood is not on my hands. And they said, his blood will be on us and will be on our children. And the Roman soldiers took Jesus out on that Friday morning about 9 o'clock, which will be this Friday. We kind of call this Holy Week, although we don't talk about that much in our church. And they crucified Jesus. And that's why Brother Darrell's been talking about the cross. And they nailed Jesus to the cross, his hands and his feet. And there were two men that were crucified with him, one on each side. And uh, the people came by and made fun of Jesus and said, You saved others. You did all these miracles. Why don't you get yourself down off the cross? Jesus didn't say anything because he was there according to God's plan to be a sacrifice for our sins. The Bible says about noon on that Friday, he got real dark until 3 o'clock. And at 3 o'clock, Jesus cries with a great cry. He says, God, into your hands I commit my spirit. And Jesus died. And they took his body. Actually, there was a man of the religious leaders that took his body. And he wrapped him in a white cloth. And it was about sundown. And he put him in a tomb. We're actually going to have a tomb up on stage next Sunday. Um, it was like a cave where no one had been laid before. They didn't have time to anoint his body with the spices and the things they, they normally did because it was about to be their religious day. But the women came and looked. And according to their tradition, their, their holy day started on Friday night at sundown. And so they had to rest. They couldn't finish burying him. And they went home Saturday. And Sunday morning, which will be next Sunday, Easter Sunday morning, the women who had saw where they had laid him came to put spices on his body and when they got there the big stone that was rolled across the the tomb had been rolled away and they walked in and he was not there and there were two angels and the angel said why do you look for the living among the dead he is not here he is risen and they went and they told his disciples and they announced that Jesus had been raised from the dead I kind of wanted y'all to know what this week is about it starts with Palm Sunday and know that Thursday night Jesus met with his disciples Friday he was crucified but next Sunday morning we know that Jesus is Savior and he is Lord because not only did he die for our sins but he rose from the dead to show that he has power over everything and so our verse next week is but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ and I don't know. I really want you as parents to go over this with your kids this week. Brother Daryl's giving you the little, the, little, the little story. This is Holy Week. This is the week we celebrate. This is once a year we do this. Families, sit down with your children and talk to them. It's a great object lesson. There's things going on in our world. More than the Easter bunny and eggs and candy. Hmm. Yeah, but anyhow, but it's very important that we understand and we teach our children about the 
the crucifixion, the, Lord, the Lord's Supper. This is going to be an object lesson this morning. We know your children are in here with us this morning. Amen. <laughs> so there's going to be some discussions at lunch. Now's the time. You talk to them. And talk to them about the cross and the resurrection and your experience that you've had. And so I want you kids to know what this week is about so you could kind of understand, all right? Thank you. You may return to your seats. Thank you. Y'all were super attentive today. Y'all are great. And I hope you look beautiful in your Easter outfits next Sunday. Somebody take a picture. Sometimes when I do children's sermons, I'm communicating to the parents. Do you understand? I hope you were listening moms and dads and grandparents and great-grandparents. What a wonderful time of year to give witness to the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. That's why we do these things. So for the last two months, we've talked about the glory of the cross, that all of our spiritual needs are met in the death of Jesus our need for love forgiveness reconciliation redemption and that those of us who have experienced that are to express it in our words but also in our lives and I want to talk about our lives today uh, and I want, as we prepare to take of the Lord's Supper today, I want us to prepare our hearts. Actually, it's what the Scripture challenges us to do. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, starting in verse 23, this is what Paul says. He says, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread and when he had given thanks he broke it and said take eat this is my body which is broken for you do this in remembrance of me and in the same manner Jesus also took the cup after supper saying this cup is the new covenant in my blood this do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes therefore whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord but let a man examine himself and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup I would like us to spend these next few moments in a time of examination a spiritual examination Jesus said when he broke the bread and he shared the cup with them he said, I want you to do this in remembrance of me. One of the key words to what I've just read is the word remembrance. Remember. The Passover meal was to be a 
reminder of what God had done many, many years before that. I don't know, some 1,600 years, I guess. And what had God done? It was a reminder of how God had delivered them from the land of Egypt, out of bondage, out of slavery. And every year, God said, "I I want you to do the Passover meal so that you never forget what it was that I've done for you. And Jesus took that same vein of thought and he said, in, but he, he took the elements and he said, knowing what was coming, no, this becomes my body which is broken for you and my blood that is shed for you. And what he said after both of them is, do this in remembrance of me. What Jesus was saying, I don't want you ever to forget what your salvation cost. It cost me my life. I had to die on the cross. And so when you do this, you remember my death. Mm. This, is what, this is what I want you to get, though, this morning. I don't think it's so much about the past. I don't think it's so much about remembering the past. It's really about the present. Yes, Jesus wanted them and wants us to remember that. But it's not just so our minds can go back in history It's about today. How then shall I live knowing that 2,000 years ago Jesus paid for my sins on the cross? How should I live today? My question that came up to my mind, kept coming up to my mind this week is, in light of the cross, how then shall I live? In the light of the cross, that if that's what Jesus did for me, then how should I live today? What should my life look like? I think that's part of what he means when he says, remember, our lives ought to reflect what Jesus has done on the cross. We should be forever changed. I think that's what Jesus gets at when he says in verse 27, he says that you should not take this in an unworthy manner. I think the principle is broader than even the Lord's Supper that we celebrate this morning. I would say our lives should never be unworthy of what Jesus has done for us. If, if he's paid for our sins and we've accepted that into our lives, we surrendered our life and received that forgiveness, uh, our lives should always represent that. We should never live in a way that is unworthy. Or if we want to put it on the, in the positive spin, our lives ought to be a worthy reflection of what it is that Jesus has done for us. Doesn't that make sense? We, it ought to be in line. If that's what Jesus did for me, then there's something about my life that ought to be different, and I ought to be a reflection of that. And if I ever am not, then it's not just about the Lord's Supper being unworthy and taking it in an unworthy manner, but it's that my life ought to match up, that our lives ought to glorify Jesus in... Uh, Earlier in 1 Corinthians, Jesus said, this is 1 Corinthians 6, the last two verses, he says, Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? For you were bought at a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, 
which is God's. I love that phrase. You are not your own. <laughs> You've been bought with a price. I, I really want to let you know this morning, if I haven't said this, because this is the last sermon on the glory of the cross. Uh, I want you to know Jesus did not save you so that you could leave the cross and go live the life that you wanted to live. No. Jesus didn't pay for your sins for you to go and live any way you want to. When Jesus redeemed you from the powers of darkness, he placed you into the kingdom of light and its authority and its power, and you are to live in that today. Do you understand what I'm saying? Jesus did not save you for you to go and live your life for yourself. He saved you that you might live your life for him. You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body. And so, Paul says, before we take of this, so that we don't do it in an unworthy manner, we ought to examine our spiritual condition. I want to use this morning the 12 marks of the disciple as an examination tool, a means for us to examine our life. And we're going to have a time of, we're going to have a time of examination. And we're not going to sit here in silence. That's why my brother Shane's going to come and play a little background music. Somehow it helps us. I want us to spend some time this morning in some spiritual examination and to use the 12 marks as a disciple as a tool for that. I put them on the screen so you can see them. And I would say as we come to the Lord's table today, the first thing we have to allow God's light to shine in our light. Do I know that I've had a genuine? And Brother Shane, you can, whenever you get ready, you can start playing. Um, have I had a genuine salvation experience? I don't know. I can't speak for everybody in the room. Many of you I know. Maybe I was even there. But do you understand? that Jesus died for you and the first thing that we have to do is we have to come to the place and I think that's it's, it's, it's the first point of examination to say do I know that I have accepted, received, surrendered to Jesus' death for my sins beyond that the second mark of the disciples baptism point of examination for some this morning I know that I've been saved have I publicly declared that through baptism? It was the first step of obedience. Really, we can't move on until we take that step. Third mark of the disciple. And just use each one of these to examine your own life. And then we're going to spend some time this morning. Am I a student of the Word? Am I day by day, not just weekly, but day by day, am I in God's Word? 
Does it nourish my soul? Am I meditating on it, memorizing it? Am I being obedient to it? And fourth, devoted to prayer. Day by day, am I spending time talking to and listening to God? Is there some time in my day that I've blocked out? I said, God, this is our time. Let's spend time together. The fifth mark of the disciple is committed to community, and we studied that this morning in our life groups. Am I committed? This is your church home. You may be visiting today. Maybe you need to be committed to your other church. Maybe you're just visiting today. That's, that's awesome. But am I committed to my local community of believers? Am I there? Am I serving? Am I committed? Am I developing those relationships? Is it a reflection my commitment to Christ and His cause. Death to self. As we just allow God to examine our hearts, is there an area of my life that really I'm hanging on to, that I haven't died to, that I've said, God, I, I just don't know that you can have that. That's my part. I'll give you the 90%, but mm, this part I'm just going to hang on to. demonstrates love have you been faithful to love unconditionally and sacrificially practically to those around you the servant's heart is the perspective of your life such that you live for other people and not for yourself you don't expect to be served but to serve what about your giving your time your talents your energy your money have you been faithful in those areas a witness have I day by day seized the opportunities to through my words and my actions point people to the cross resilient maybe today you would just be honest to say preacher life's knocked me down I just don't know that I want to get back up and keep trying one of the marks of disciples to be resilient to say yeah when life knocks you down and I dust myself off I get back on the road and I just keep moving forward it's all I know to do. And then finally, a reproducer. Are you pouring your lives into others who will carry the, the cause of Christ on? This morning, I want us to spend some time before we take the Lord's Supper in some time of commitment. Actually, it's going to be our invitation time. In fact, I'm going to ask Byron to come and stand. I'm going to be standing at the front. The altar is going to be open. I'm just, I'm just going to ask you to remain seated. If you need to come to the altar, uh, whatever you need to do for this to be your time of examination, uh, just say, God, I, I want my heart to be where it needs to be in light of what you've done for me. So.
the altar's open this morning. Byron and I are here. We just spend this time before God. First John 1 9 I want to give you the good news today that the scripture says that if we confess our sin and confess just means to agree with God if we confess our sin then God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness amen and so Christ invites to his table all who come with repentant, surrendered, humble hearts. I think it's very important that we examine our lives. But as we come and we agree with God 
on our spiritual condition we understand today and it's it's been what the whole series of sermons has been about my standing with God is not based upon my performance but what Jesus did and I want you to know that he made a way he made a way if we come with a humble surrendered repentant heart he invites all with that heart to come I want you to know today that his blood is sufficient his love is unconditional his forgiveness is full and his redemption is complete this time I'm gonna ask the deacons to come forward and as we receive uh, the elements Brother Sammy, would you lead us in prayer?
said take eat this is my body which is broken for you Jesus on that night also took the cup and told them to do this in remembrance of him and to drink it and as often as you did you would proclaim the Lord's death that he had shed his blood uh, for our sins so in that spirit, we take the cup. I'm going to ask Brother Sean to lead us in prayer.
Jesus said, take, drink. This is my blood, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. Amen. And all God's people said, amen, amen and amen. Thank you. In verse 26, <clears throat> Paul records that Jesus said, or Paul said, as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Uh, I've said to you that those of us who have experienced the cross are to express the cross through our words and through our actions. People are to see our lives as a reflection of the cross. This week, Holy Week, <laughs> through the events that I talked to the children about, we remember the great events of redemptive history in Jesus' death and resurrection. I would say to you, you have a built-in opportunity this week to communicate through your actions and through your words the gospel that saved you. And I, I want to challenge you, those who have experienced, that you express it this week. Look for opportunities. I would say, and I've said this, but when I've got a good point, I double down on it, if not triple down on it. If you are parents of little ones or grandparents or great-grandparents, no, this is the week that you talk to them about why do we do these things and share your own experience and talk about, talk about the Lord's Supper, that Passover meal. Turn to your Bibles as a family at night. Read the story, Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. Find the story. It's towards the end of each one of those Gospels. Read the story with your children and talk to your children about why these things are significant. What I'm saying is this week is a built-in opportunity to talk about the great events of redemptive history. Uh, this month, our mark of the disciple is a witness and the reason that is is because of Easter uh, and the challenge of the tenth mark of the disciple a witness is that we testify we with our words and our lives what Jesus Christ has done for us it's that simple and we talked about that last Sunday um, and so what we have done historically as a church for years now is we have taken the Sunday before Easter as an outreach opportunity to invite people to come to our Easter celebration. And we're going to do that today. I want you to know you will not want to miss next Sunday. Um, well, the pastor's going to be gone, amen? I mean, that's going to be a party right there. You can do whatever you want to do. Uh, Actually, because of 
Easter is the very reason I'm going to I'm leaving for Africa in the morning and uh, you pray for me we want to gather up the believers from all the different villages to one place next Easter Sunday and with the time change we're going to meet probably late afternoon into into the night we're going to be meeting about the same time you're meeting and uh, hopefully if our technology works I'll send a little little word from the pastor from Africa it'll be up on the big screen but let me tell you brother Cody's gonna preach next week it's gonna be a great sermon if you just come for the sermon that's gonna be alright you are gonna get your money's worth but let me tell you the music whoop, I told them what I wanted them to do next Sunday and so you go well that was a little over the top you just know that's what brother Darrell asked for no I want it to be over the top and I mean it's gonna be I mean we're gonna be bumping the ceiling next Sunday you're not gonna to want to miss this we also have some th things to celebrate and so next Sunday is what we're gonna call what we call victory Sunday and our verse of scripture is 1st Corinthians 15 57 but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ And that's what brother Cody's gonna be preaching about how do you have victory in your life through Jesus Christ but we're gonna be celebrating some things as a church we're going to have a note burning for our Family Life Center next Sunday morning. After 11 years, really about 12 years. I don't know if you have personally paid off a $1.6 million loan. <laughs> I have not. <laughs> uh, that's what we're going to celebrate next Sunday. And so we're very excited about that. Um, we have other things that we're going to celebrate with some of our new members and uh, our great food ministry we have and our most excellent way. And so there's some things that we're going to celebrate next Sunday. You will not want to miss it. And I guess what I have to express to you today is Easter is a built-in opportunity for us to talk to people about the gospel and invite them to be in the Lord's house. In East Texas, most people are thinking, hmm, I'm probably going to go to church on Easter Sunday morning. And so that's the reason we do our outreach today because we're simply in a very non-threatening way. We're going to go out and we're just going to invite people. You don't have any other place you're going. We want to invite you to come to our church. And we need to be faithful this afternoon. And so here in just a little while, we're going to go. We'll have a lunch and we'll talk for just a few minutes. And then we're going to go out and just invite people to come and to be with us uh, for Victory Sunday and so I guess in all those ways what I'm saying to you is we proclaim the Lord's death and his resurrection until he comes amen amen um, we've already had our time